Welcome to Media Room Podcast with your host, Kate Morgan. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me on the Media Room Podcast. We have a very great show for you today. We are going to be talking about the third installment of the GrandJury.net. Um, I am going to be playing the intro of it and then kind of give you a quick synopsis of what they decided and what they found out. And this is the PCR test, um, one that they have talked about. Good morning, good day, and good evening to everyone, wherever you are watching this third day of the People's Court of Public Opinion's grand jury investigation into the corona problem. Um, Yesterday, we heard a group of experts who explained to us the geopolitical and the historical backdrop of what we are dealing with and what some of us are suffering from today. Um, Today, we will look, take a closer look at the PCR test, which is at the foundation of everything we are seeing. So this is the PCR test and they go through and they talk about um, the failures of the PCR test, even the HIV epidemic and Corey Mullins. Um, explaining how you can have false positives, um, how people have testified that the PCR test should not be an adequate way to determine not only HIV, but also the coronavirus, because you can have false positives, um, false negatives. It's just not a reliable machine, and they knew this. They knew this, and they still went ahead and used it as the supreme test when it was a false test. Um, they go through and they show evidence of how they knew it and they still continued on with the farce and they basically have documentation um, showing how it was used to actually corner people um, into submission basically um, making people isolate even if they have any symptoms um, but it could have been a false positive um, getting, you know, the CDC came out and said yes, that they were getting, you know, DNA from people and the micro DNA with those tests, um, that the PCR tests, you know, were inaccurate. Um, it has come out and stated, not um, the CDC, but in other aspects um, that, you know, masks are um, pointless, <laughs> basically, and that the PCR tests, um, you know, were false positives. I mean, there was a case in Chicago that I'm gonna put up, it was like um, a hospital or a clinic that was open that was um, actually taking, you know, people's money and stuff and doing the swaps and not sending them off or doing anything like that, but taking everybody's money. And there's been people, you know, being investigated about stating that they even would get an email, they would check in, be in line waiting to get swabbed, and then the email would get sent to them before they would even get swabbed, they had like a negative or something like that. And so it's one of those things, I'll, I'll put the link of that article um, in the bio, but just kind of giving you a synopsis of what this PCR, it's, it kind of goes over, you know, over and over again, how they did it, um, why it's, you know, vitally important um, that this was the PCR way that they controlled everybody with the PCRs, pandemic, um, doing falsifying documents, falsifying tests, um, and maybe people didn't, some people didn't know that that's what's happening, but there were a lot of people that did, Anthony Fauci knew. So they kind of go over this and really 
outline it and lay it out line by line how they did it and it's truly something if you have time to listen to on a road trip or you split it up through your time in the car going to work I behoove you trying to get through it it is quite a bit of great information if you really want to know what's going on and what the next level or next route that they're going I wanted to play one more video talking about remezivir and how they found out that this was actually a horrible thing now take a closer look at how in reality the world is dealing with this pandemic which is without any basis um i would like to first focus on those who claim that well but there, many people are dying uh people are dying in bergamo people are dying in new york so let us start with taking first a look at why that happened and then we will take a closer look at how else how can it be treated I mean, we all know there's a virus out there, but how can it be treated? Let's first take a look at the question, why is this happening? And Brian Artis is with us, Dr. Brian Artis from Texas. Um, how do you explain the fact that so many people seem to have died in, um, in New York, for example, of the corona or from the coronavirus? That's a great question. From the beginning of May 2020, I had that same question because in March and April of 2020, there was nonstop reports in the media from doctors, hospital administrators in New York City who were complaining and relating the same scenario. Every time they were asked by the media, what are you seeing in patients you're treating with COVID-19 in hospitals here in New York? They all said the same thing, all of them. We have never seen a respiratory virus ever do this before. From the time we start treating this respiratory virus, by day three, four, and five of treatment, the virus goes from the lungs and then it starts attacking the kidneys and causing severe acute kidney failure that we've never seen before. And they kept saying, we're not only short on ventilators here in New York, we're also short on dialysis machines. So this was very intriguing to me. Uh, I actually had a similar scenario just three months earlier from May of 2020 when I was watching all these reports in the media. My own father-in-law had died in a hospital from ill-advised protocols in early February of 2020. And I and my wife received a phone call on day three of this treatment for the flu that he was going into acute kidney failure only to find out it was a drug he was put on, ill-advised for the flu, that actually was known to cause acute kidney failure. Unrelated to COVID, three months later, I'm reading this May memo from Anthony Fauci of the NIH because I'm curious why is it that all these doctors, nurses, hospital administrators in New York keep reporting the same thing I experienced. Day three, four, and five of treatment for a supposed virus in New York called COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2, they were seeing high amounts of acute kidney failure. So I went to the CDC.gov's website. They did not have a protocol for treating COVID-19 hospitalized patients, but they referred back to the NIH's protocol for COVID-19. And on that actual memo, I hyperlinked it to the NIH.gov. This is where Anthony Fauci had a memo for the entire world. This was in the middle of May, 2020. And he said there is only one drug and one drug only that we're authorizing to be used in all hospitals across America for COVID-19 hospitalized Americans. That one experimental antiviral drug is called remdesivir. There's two studies supporting its use. It was found safe and effective against the Ebola virus a year prior in Africa. Then he said it was found safe and effective in a trial in March of 2020, just two months earlier, which was conducted by the maker of remdesivir called Gilead Sciences. He then went on the same note to declare that there is two drugs that are not allowed to be used because they found it had heart toxic effects leading to death in COVID-19 treated patients. And those two drugs were hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine. Now, I was not of interest of hydroxychloroquine or chloroquine at the time. I was most interested in this remdesivir drug because I had never heard of it. I also learned here that it was just an experimental drug. At this point, it was never FDA approved. So my curiosity was I wanted to know what Dr. Anthony Fauci was proclaiming on NIH.gov was his reasonings for choosing this one and only drug. So I clicked the first hyperlinked study to the New England Journal of Medicine on Ebola. 
and then actually read the second study also. And Dr. Rainier, you, you understand this because we've done this interview before. I couldn't believe what I found out. So what I then learned was that remdesivir was not proven safe and effective against the Ebola virus. In fact, it was found to be the least effective and the deadliest drug in the trial. And the safety board for that trial suspended its use for the rest of the trial. No one was allowed to get it because it had the only drug published in the trial of four drugs to have a percentage of death rate called mortality rate of over 50%. The other three drugs didn't have over 50% mortality rate, only remdesivir did. That's why the safety board pulled it. So this is the kind of information that I knew then Anthony Fauci was lying about this drug. The second study conducted by Gilead Sciences, they gave the drug remdesivir for 10 days to COVID-19 patients, 53 of them in March of 2020. Their reported conclusions were 31% of everyone they gave that drug to between days five and 10 of the treatment, and it was only for 10 days. They found 31% of everybody that got that drug who had COVID-19 positive. They actually experienced multiple organ failure, reported acute kidney failure, which is what all the media was reporting. And I knew right away that the doctors were being very honest in their reporting that they had never seen a respiratory virus in New York City. When they started treating this COVID-19 patients, they had never seen such amounts of acute kidney failure. And that's because they had never used the drug remdesivir before. They had no idea the drug they were pumping into them was causing acute kidney failure, liver failure, and heart failure, which are all now published side effects of remdesivir. The disappointing part of this for the entire world, I want you to know, Anthony Fauci said in May of 2020, yes, our federal government here in the United States to buy up all of the stock of this experimental drug, this failed drug, deadly drug, and he asked the federal government of the United States to export the drug to any other country until the end of 2020. This is significant because at the end of 2020 and now in February of 2022, America still has the highest death totals of all countries in the entire world for COVID-19 treatment. So all COVID-19 citizens in America, no one, no other country has more deaths than we do. And I attribute it to the hospital protocols initiated early on by Dr. Anthony Fauci. And if you would let me present it, I'll show you all the evidence that supports my concern around this drug. Because right now, not only does the United States of America is the only country with over 900,000 dead COVID-19 citizens, Brazil's number two. And Brazil has over 630,000. And Brazil, since the beginning of March of 2021, is only using remdesivir in all its hospitals. The correlation in publicized death side effects and deadly side effects of remdesivir, in my opinion, based on the data I can show you all, is that the hospital protocols, which includes remdesivir, and now two years later, its published combined side effects is the number one cause of death of all COVID-19 hospitalized individuals worldwide. Now it's come to light also, and everyone needs to know this. From the beginning, I've heard the targeting from the judge that this is a pandemic. From the beginning, not only in March and April of 2020, was the city of New York allowed to experiment on all New York patients with a drug called remdesivir to kill a whole bunch of them, causing acute kidney failure, secondary death by pulmonary edema, which is what happens when you cause acute kidney failure. Across the Atlantic Ocean, in the UK, there's an organization called NICE, N-I-C-E, along with the UK Parliament, the NHRA. They all were supportive of what was called end-of-life care. And they put in this protocol to take in morphine and midazolam into the nursing homes of individuals all around the UK. And in March of 2020, they administered this drug in nursing homes and killed 18,000 people in March of 2020, 25,000 in April of 2020, but they called them all COVID-19 deaths. I believe remdesivir here in the United States, along with midazolam and morphine protocols called end-of-life care inside the UK, which everyone here should refer to, Claire Wills Harrison, she's an attorney out of the UK, has done a great job putting this together. John Olivier's on this uh, 
testifying group here. They can testify as a funeral director. The amount of deaths that were starting in March and April 2020 only designated as COVID-19, even when none of these people had COVID-19 in March and April 2020 in the UK. I believe there was a huge setup to mass murder a whole bunch of people using drugs and drug protocols that were governed, selected by federal health agencies and our governments to initiate a huge amount of death and then project on the world that there's a virus killing all these people. And I said from the beginning of May of 2020, they're going to use these death totals in hospitals and in nursing centers. They're going to call it death by a virus called COVID-19. They're going to take those numbers and they're going to sell the media and all the societies of America and the UK that there's a deadly virus going around the world. And you need to sign up for our future vaccine program coming up, which we'll get into later in this trial. Uh, the vaccines by far was the end agenda. They had to mass murder a lot of people and convince that it was a deadly virus. Would you like me to present the evidence? So that's just a little tidbit of what is actually going on with this third grand jury. Um, talking about the PCR tests and the remesivir, um and the protocols that actually killed people. And he goes through and he explains detailed, very detailed documents um, showing how they did it and how they were able to get to threaten doctors, their license and hospitals saying that if you do not use this protocol, you can be sued. So that's why ivermectin and hydrochloroquine and all those other things started getting vilified is because follow the money people. <laughs> so they figure this out and you get to go through step by step and show you how they did it. Um, it's very interesting. Um, he has a slideshow presentation and the charts and the whole shebang. So if I were you, I would go over there and check it out myself. Um, it is one of those things that why are you watching TV when like real life is so incredibly interesting right now? I guess you just got to know where to look. So this is your life, people. <laughs> So it'd be really great if you would go over to grandtacjury.net and actually check out the uh, pre-hearing for the Nuremberg Trials. And if you don't know what the Nuremberg Trials is, I have a really great podcast down below explaining what the Nuremberg Trials are. It would be a very interesting podcast to listen to. Um, and it would give you a, a kind of an update of what's really on the line right now. So I really hope you're enjoying this segment. Thank you so much for joining us on MediRoot Podcasts. And please check out MediRoot.com for all of your freedom fighter needs. We have a really great I Will Not Comply with some giant mini lips on the front. And then we, of course, have a wonderful hoodie with Freedom Fighter on the front and on the back it has a medical rebel with Caduce in the center. It's one of my favorite sweatshirts. It always throws me back to being a Fleet Marine Force Hospital Corpsman, you know? <laughs> Feeling like a little like a rebel when you're at the Marines, because you're not really like Marines, you're not really in the Navy, you're kind of like that rebel in between that can get away with a lot of shit. Still kind of have that attitude and I really love it. I'm thankful for that time in my life. The good and the bad, the ugly and the indifference. Hmm. Memories. So thank you so much for listening to Miniru Podcasts, and please head over to Miniru.com, and you can find this podcast and many more at Miniru.com, and you can also find us on Spotify and Amazon Music. Back to the show! I really hope these podcasts can help you wrap your mind around a little bit what's going on, and also intrigue you to go and listen to the full um, you know, hearing. I, I recommend you so you can make your own assumptions. Don't, I would never assume to take 
only what I say or a news media or an outlet or even one you know thing that you read. It's always good to get multiple news sources and multiple mechanisms. Read, hear, see. <laughs> Um, so that it helps you make better decisions and it helps you critical think. Our, our main goal in life is to help <clears throat> the human race to survive. Um, I feel like the fourth revolution is coming and it sounds so crazy, but I feel like it's already kind of here, especially if you go to um, certain events and um, you see robots you know, being made and, and transhumanism is, is such a concept that now is becoming so incredibly normal i mean it's it's crazy but it's it's seeming to becoming a normal topic more and more more people are waking up to understanding what the government is doing and why they're doing it and um we just have to decide which direction we want to go in and how we want to go in that direction are we going willingly or are we going fighting <laughs> those are the choices you have to make so I really hope you are reading, you are, you know, whatever spirituality or religion that you choose to align with to really be devoted during this time. Um, seek community, seek your church, um, peacefully assemble, you know, use your First Amendment rights, uh, you know, just constantly know that the more that we communicate with one another, the better that we can be as a whole because they want to divide us, not unite us. Um, we are stronger together than we are separate. So remember that. It's always good to know people. And I know sometimes we've gotten so used to just, you know, blocking ourselves off from everybody. And, you know, technology is so incredibly far-fetched. You can pretty much do everything online now. But the human connection, the human spirit, it needs other human connections and other human spirits to thrive, to live, and to survive. Thank you so much for joining me on Mini Roo Podcast. And if you want to start your own podcast, I recommend using Buzzsprout. It's a really great um, platform where you can upload um, your podcast once to multiple platforms without having to individually go and upload them. And um, it's really great. I really like it. And there's also other perks to it. You can do snippets and clips of your podcast. Um, they do something called mastering where they come and they master it better for you to have a better digital sound. Um, I think it's a little bit more, but like maybe $2 more. It's nothing crazy or anything like that. And it's really helped me be able to have, um, you know, another platform because it's also on their platform. So you have like a little um, website where all of your podcasts are. But what I love about it is that it automatically uploads like Spotify, Amazon, and my website. So as soon as I upload it once, it's already at all those places. And that is so great, especially in that time. It's so not time consuming. <laughs> I need things that are fitting with my schedule and, you know, Helping me get those little, you know, 15, 20 minutes here really helps a lot when you're running your own company. Um, and it's been so incredibly exhilarating bringing this to you. And I just want to pass on my knowledge. And, you know, podcasts are fun. They're also really great and creative. And there's a way to get out your information and what your human experience is. So I recommend if you want to get two free hours, go down to my bio. And it's right there. Click on it and um, enjoy. Dare to be brave, dare to be bold, dare to be you every day.
Mimi Rue. Thank you so much for listening to Mimi Podcast. Stay free. Stay safe.